Today we're in part two of a series called Fresh on the count of three. Can we say that one more time? And let's just make sure, let's hold that. Shh. Ready? One, two, three. Fresh. Beautiful. Yeah, the word, the word fresh is a great word at the start of a new year. And we're saying that for all of us, there's the new that we want. There's the stuff that we want God to do in our lives. There's the stuff that we want, we want to accomplish ourselves. There's the things that when we look at the last couple of years, we were, the way we ended the last year, that we would go, I don't want to start this year the way we ended last year. I don't want, I don't want to look back at the end of 2020 and have it be, the, be the, just the same as 2019 was. I want something to change. I want something to be new. I want something to be different. I want it to be something Fresh. I want God to do something that has never happened before, that I haven't experienced before. I want my life to be something, I want my life to have changed a little bit. I want something fresh. And what we said last week is that that actually does happen. We believe that God actually wants something new and something different and something fresh for you. That, that as much as you want fresh for you, God wants fresh for you more. As much as you want something new for you, God wants something new for you even more. That God has bigger new than you have for you. And that God has bigger things for you than you have planned for yourself. And so if we'll allow God and if we'll meet with God, that, that, that God actually has new that he wants to do in and through and around and for you. And that's kind of been the driving thought of, the, of, the, of, the, of this, of this three-week series, if you'd put that up, that God, it, that there is new that God wants to do in you, that there's new that God wants to do in me this year. There's ways that God wants to grow you and stretch you and move you and challenge you. There's things that God wants to do in you that you don't, that aren't even on your radar. And if we will actually listen to and pay attention to the voice of God, God will lead us and will move us in some new directions, that there's new and there's fresh things that God wants to do in you and in me. And what we've said for, the, for these three weeks that we're going to do is we're going to ask the question, we're going to look at the question, well, how does that happen? What, how, do, how do we experience the new, not just that we want for ourselves, how do we not just try a little bit harder or try to move ourselves in a new direction, but how do we actually let God do the new that he wants to do in you? How do we let God do the, the new things, the fresh things, the different things, the changed things? How do we actually let God and experience the things that God wants to do in us in the new year? And last week we looked at the story of Moses at the burning bush in the middle of the Sinai desert if you're not familiar with that story, it's the Old Testament story. It's the story of Moses, that Moses met God for the first time in his life, didn't met God not through the stories of someone else, not through the legends he had heard, not through a book, but he actually met God face to face and it changed his life and it changed the course of an entire nation. It changed the course of human history. That what we said last week is that if we want a fresh start, it begins with a fresh encounter with God. It begins by understanding God in a way that, it, that goes beyond how we think God would be, what we think God would act based on our circumstances, how we think God would be based on our situations in life, that, that God, that life does not equal God and life situations do not equal who and what God is. That a fresh start begins with a fresh encounter with God. Now today we're going to move into, into a little bit, a little bit of a, a different direction. We're going to look at a different Old Testament story. It's one of my absolute favorite stories in the entire Bible. I wish I could preach this entire book of the Bible, um, but, uh, but we're, uh, today we're just going to focus in on a couple key verses that really move us in, 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 a right, in, a, in a really good direction at the start of a new year. Because when you think about the new year, and I think about the new year, there are about a million things that you could do, and there are probably a lot of things that you will do at the start of this year, right? I mean, when you think about the things that you want to do and the things that I want to do and the things that you would hope to do and the things that maybe you would hope to start doing this year, the list is probably pretty long. In fact, matter of fact, I actually, I made a little bit of a list and I put together some post-it notes. Anyone, anyone make lists and put them on post-it notes and kind of put them up on bulletin boards in front of you so you can continually see stuff? Yeah, I made, I made, some, bullet, I made some bulletin board material. For some of you, this year, you want to you, you wanna, you wanna learn a new hobby, 
Anyone want to learn a new hobby this year? That maybe, it's, maybe it's gardening. Maybe you want to learn a new instrument, or maybe you want to learn an instrument for the first time in your life. Maybe you're thinking, you know what? This is the year that I pick up crocheting. Yeah, for some of you, you did. I didn't hear any, any male voices saying, like, yeah, I want to pick up crocheting. For some of you guys, you're like, this is the year I'm going to pick up online gaming. And that's going to hurt something else that we're going to talk about in a little bit as far as dating. But you know what? You're like, you're like I'm going to go there. This is the year. This is the year I learned chess. This is the year I pick up Chinese checkers. I don't know why you would pick that up, but maybe that's what you want to do. You want to learn a hobby. You want to start it. Maybe you want to start a group where you play more board games and you're just going to have a hobby where you where you learn new things. Maybe it's woodworking. Maybe it's, maybe it's some sort of crafting, but you're just thinking, I want to learn a new hobby this year. For some of you, you want to do something else. You, want to, you don't want to learn a new hobby. You want to travel more. Anyone want to travel more this year? Yeah. You want to travel more. Want to see the world. Want to see world. Wait, 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 Kevin, are you saying see the world or are you saying see world? See world. Yes, we don't know. But you want to travel more. You want to get out. You want to see the Grand Canyon. You want to see, you want to see the Appalachian Mountains. You want to see Yellowstone. You want to go to Hawaii. You want to go to Brazil. You want to go to, to Europe. You want to go to, I mean, you're thinking like, maybe I don't get to Europe, but I'd like to get to a national park. And the good news, White Sands just became a national park. You don't even have to go that far. You can go 40 minutes and you were at a national park, y'all. That's great. That's good news. That's fantastic. You want to, you're like, you're like, maybe you've lived in New Mexico your entire life. You've never seen Carlsbad Caverns. You're like, I'm going to go see Carlsbad Caverns. It feels like you're walking in Star Wars. That's what it feels like to me. So some of you, you, you just, you, you want to travel more. You want to get out and see some stuff in the world that you have not seen. For some of you, you you're like me and you would like to travel less. Um, for, for me, uh, someone, I, I was talking to a friend that I haven't seen in a couple, in a, in a couple months. Um, they were asking, how is it, how, how is it being a, a dad of, of two girls and, and working from home? And I said, you know, I don't even know. I, I haven't been home for three consecutive weeks since we had the baby. We, like, the, the year, that, the, the last six months of my life have been travel, 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 travel. You know, we had a, a couple loved ones pass away, a couple different family things that we went on vacation for. And so my, my traveling days, I'm like, let's just not. Like, I, I want to stay, stay home. Some of you may have had that where you've traveled enough. And you're like, I would like to not travel anymore. I want to stay home for six months. Maybe that's you. Anybody, anyone like that? No, just me. Okay, a couple of you guys. Good. Okay, I'm not, I'm not the lone weirdo. All right, we're the weirdos together. Okay, for some of you, you're thinking, you know what? Last year, we ate out way too much. This year, we're going to eat at home more. We're going we're gonna to cook healthy meals, and we're going to cook at home. We, I want to eat at home. I want to cook fresh stuff. I want to cook healthy stuff. Anybody in here thinking, you know what? This year, it's the year we're not going to eat out as much. I'm going to eat at home. Yeah. Now, the, what's funny about this is we want to eat at home, but at the same time, we also want to make sure that we don't miss out on trying new restaurants, right? It's like if a new place opens up, it's like, I got to go there. I got to get there. I got I to gotta make sure I try the new restaurant. If there's a new opening, if there's something new opening up, if there's a new Chipotle opening up, if there's a new Chick-fil-A opening up, like I, I know what the old Chick-fil-A is like, and it's good, and it's wonderful. I know what old Chipotle is like, and it's God's gift to humanity. But I, if there's a new one opening up across town, I got to go try that new restaurant. Like if there's a new pizza place opening up, a new Mexican place opening up, a new Italian place opening up, we got to try that. We got to try new restaurants. And then ironically, because we eat, because we focus a lot on eating, uh, most of us are going to want to exercise more, right? Uh, we're going to want to exercise more. Most of us at the beginning of the year, this is so funny, and, and, and I shouldn't even make fun of this, but health clubs, have you noticed how much direct mail you've gotten already this year from health clubs, from gyms? Because every, because every gym knows January is the time everyone makes resolutions. We're going to exercise more. I'm going to get in shape. And by February, it's like, 
It's a ghost town in here, but we're all at the beginning of the year. It's like, you know what? I tried all the new, last year I ate at home and I tried new restaurants. So this year I need to exercise some more. I need to get in shape. I need, and, and, and we exercise because we want to lose weight. Anyone in here want to lose weight? You're like, I don't want to raise my hand too high because, you know, because, my, my, because I've, I've got some weight under here that I want to lose. I don't want, to, you don't want anyone to see that, but we want to lose some weight. Maybe you have 10 pounds you want to lose, 15 pounds you want to lose, 20 pounds you want to lose, 40 pounds you want to lose. And, and you think like, you know, I've got some, I've got, I want to lose some weight. And then there's another class of people in here, and I almost hesitate to, 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 to pull you guys out and to, and, to, and to mention this, but some of you, you want to gain weight, some of you, some of you are, are, oh, some of those are falling off. See, 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 some of them are like, are like our New Year's resolution. Some of you, you want, you want to gain weight. And I, and I, and I would, and I would like to, to help you understand something because some of you who, who want to gain weight, what you don't understand about your life is you say things like, yeah, I just want to gain weight. And then you don't understand why there's drama and why people want to punch you. And I want to let you know, if you say things like this out loud, the reason there's drama in your life and that people punch you is because you say things like, man, I just want to gain weight. My metabolism is so high, I can eat whatever I want and I lose weight and we want to punch you, okay? So, but some of you, some of you, that's, that's, that's where you want to go this year. You're like, I want to add some muscle. I actually need to, my, you know, my doctor says I need to gain weight. And again, we hate when you say things like that. But some of you, you want to gain weight. For some of you, you want, your life, you want to move in a different direction. You want to spend some more time with, with kids. You want to spend more time with kids. Now, I want to let you know, there should be another word on here, more time with your kids, okay? If you're spending time... If your goal is to spend time, more time with other people's kids, um, I need to turn you into a, a, some certain law enforcement officials, okay? But some of you are thinking like, hey, my job has kept me really busy the last couple of years, and I feel like chi- my kid's childhood is, is slipping away, and I don't want that to happen. So I, like, you know, I, I want to make sure I'm involved in my kid's life, so I'm going to be at their, at their t-ball games more and all that kind of stuff. At the same time, if your work has also kept, has kept you away from your kids, chances are you, you also maybe want some more time with your spouse. Again, your spouse should be on here, but it's not. So again, don't spend time with someone else's spouse and spend time with your spouse. That's very, it's a very, it's a very important thing. You want to spend some more time with your spouse. You want to rekindle the romance. You want to refuel that love. You want to reconnect. You want to know each other again. You've, you know, somehow, somehow in the last eight years, you've, you've, you've forgotten how, who they are and you want, and you want to figure out who they are again. And it sounds like I'm joking about that, but maybe, I'm, maybe you're not like, maybe you're just like, you know what? I need to get to know my spouse again. We've kind of drifted apart a little bit. Maybe, um, maybe you don't have a spouse yet and you're a single person and you think, you know what, I want to meet some new people. The, 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 the people that I work with, the people that I spend time with have gotten a little stale or some of them have moved on in life into new situations. And again, it's falling apart. So I want to meet some new people. It's all falling apart, right guys? And so I want to meet some new people. What's that? Right back to gaining weight. You meet new people, you start gaining weight. Yeah, anyway, so like, you, some of you, again, you want to you meet new people. You're like, you know what? I need some different influences in my life. I need some different voices. I, if I want to grow professionally, I need to hear from some different people. For some of you, again, you want to go on some dates. Anyone in here want to go on some dates? Yeah. yeah, all right. Now, now, here's the thing. This is the thing. If you take up the hobby of video gaming, this struggles, okay? Now, again, for some of you, though, this is, this is, this is a tricky one because when you think of, go on, dates, plural? Like I, like, I, like, I would be happy to just go on date. Like, I, I, if I can just have one by the end of this year, that would be wonderful. Like, one, one, one date. That's all, that's all I want. That's all I need. I'll be happy, God. Thank you, Lord. For some of you, you want to read more. You're like, 
two voices like, yay, yeah, I want to I read more. I want to expand my horizons. I want to read some different authors. I want to read some new stuff. I have a couple authors that, you know, they, they put out some new stuff. And so I want to read what they wrote. Or maybe there's some people that you know, wrote stuff a long time ago that you haven't had a chance to read yet. And you want to read more. You want to spend more time reading. Maybe you're someone who's like, you know what? I never feel like I'm up on current events. And so I want to stay up on the news. Let me just tell you something. Don't. Um, if that's, if that's, if that's, it's, it's all bad. It's all terrible. But you know what? You, you do you. Okay. So some of you, you want to stay up on the news. For others of you, you want to be more organized. You want life to feel more organized. You feel like maybe home feels like chaos sometimes and the laundry's all over the place and, and nothing's ever really clean and, and, and everything's kind of all over the place. So you're thinking, I want to be more organized this year. For some of you, you want, and this is going to get the most amens in the house, I think. Some of you, you want to get a raise. Yeah. You're like, I want to go from making 275 to, I want to make 277. It's going to be great. It's 277 an, an hour, by the way. That's what I mean. And so I want, I want to get a raise. I want to raise beyond minimum wage. I want to raise at work. For some of you, you want to get a promotion. <laughs> no, no. Okay. You want, you want to get a promotion. And by the way, if you get a promotion, but you don't get a raise, what did you do? What, what, what happened? You know, like, it's like you're taking on more responsibility, getting paid the same amount. This is all going to fall over again. We got it. You got, you got a promotion. Yep. There it goes. For some of you, you want to, some of you, you want, <laughs> did they all go down? You got a promotion. Everything else falls down. Some of you, you want to grow spiritually. You want to know Jesus more at the end of this year than you know him right now. You want to know him more at the end of this month than you know him right now. For some of you, that's not going to happen unless you spend less time on social media. So you're going to spend some less time on social media. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to ditch the gram. You've done it all for the gram, and now you're not, not going to do much of it for the gram, okay? You're going to spend less time on social media. You're going to spend less time on Facebook, which will also help you know less about the news, which is great. Anyway, um, and then for some of you, you want to spend less time on social media, but you also want to reconnect with old friends, right? And so here's the thing. You've got a lot of stuff that you want to do this year, and I've got a lot of stuff that I, that I want to do this year. And there's a lot of stuff you could do, and there's a lot of stuff that you will do. And some of this will happen by nature, and some of this will happen, you know, kind of accidentally, and some of this will happen kind of even without you really thinking about it or, or, or really being intentional about it. But I, what I know is that there's a lot of stuff you can do this year. There's a lot of stuff you could do this year. But at the same time, there is one thing that you must do this year. There's one thing that you must do. Among all the things that you could do, there is one thing that you have to do. In order for this year to be a success, there's one thing you have to do. And if you're thinking, ah, he's about to tell us today the one thing that we must do, that's not what's going to happen today. Because each one of you, your one thing is different than the one thing of the person sitting next to you. For every single one of us, there's all of this other stuff. And if all of that happens and this one thing doesn't happen, your year will not have meant much at all. And if you do this one thing and you let all the other stuff that you could do fall by the wayside, your year will have been a success. Let me tell you a couple examples of some things that might be your one thing. If you'd put up that next slide. For some of you, when you think about the, about the one thing, sorry, there's many things that you could do. There's one thing you must do. Put up the next one. When you think of the one thing that you need to do this year, there's a couple options. It might be that there's a habit that you need to break. For some of you, there's been habits that you've been holding on to for a couple years, a couple years, and you know they're not healthy, and this is the year that you go, you know what? 
My one thing, if, 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 if I do nothing else this year, I've got to break that habit. For some of you, it's a goal you need to accomplish. It's something that, you know what, it's, it, this is something that I need to do. By the end of this year, I need to have figured out this goal and have done this goal. For some of, it's, for some of you, it's a project that you need to, to complete. There's something that you've been working on and working on and working on, and you've been trying to put the perfect touches on it and the finishing touches on it, and everyone looking around you goes, are you ever going to finish it? Is it ever going to be done? And, to, and, for, and for you, this year, the one thing that you're going to need to do is that you're going to need to complete that project. For some of you, there's a relationship that's going to be ne- that needs to be mended. Things have gone sideways. Things have gotten sour. Things have gotten distant. Things have, you, you, like you've drifted and you've drifted. And maybe there was something that happened that, that started the drift. And now you feel like you don't know them the way you used to know them. There's a relationship that needs to be mended. For some of you, there's a relationship that needs to end. And you don't know how to do that. And you haven't figured it out. And the, and the relationship has been a little bit toxic and a little bit toxic and a little bit toxic, and over time, it's gotten more and more, and to- more and more toxic, but you don't know how to unwind from it. For some of you, it's going to be a difficult thing to do, but you have a relationship that needs to end. And for some of you, the one thing is that there's a debt that you need to repay. And, 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 and so here's the thing. As, as we talk about that, chances are, as, as I said, there's one thing that you need to do this year to make this year a success. You already know in your heart the one thing. You already kind of know in your heart, in your mind, and in your life, in your relationships, in your world, you know the one thing that will make, will make or break this year. You know that there's a lot of stuff that you could do. You know what the one thing that you need to do is. And so the question is, how do we accomplish that one thing? How do we accomplish that thing that matters more than everything else? Today we're going to look at, at, at a story from the, from the book of Nehemiah. Would you guys say Nehemiah? Nehemiah is this incredible Old Testament book. Someday I'm going to come back and I'm, and I'm going to preach this entire book because there's so much rich history within the book of Nehemiah. But Nehemiah happens in the middle or in, in the end of what was known as the exile of Israel. In fact, um, so the nation of Israel, they... they, they they lost, they, they took their attention off of God for, for years and years and years and eventually for hundreds of years. And so God finally said, look, guys, we, I got to get your attention back. And if it means sending you out of the land that I gave you, that's what I will do. And so he sent the people out of the land. They were, they were attacked and captured by the Babylonians. The Babylonians were eventually captured and taken over by the Persians. And the practice of the Persian empire was to send people back to their homeland. And, so, and so, the, so, so the people of Israel, after I think it's 70 years, some of them are allowed to return to the nation of Israel, to their homeland. But not everyone goes. So about half of the people go. Half of the people are kept in captivity in Persia. And one of the people that, 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 that we know was in Persia was this man named Nehemiah. So after about 100 years of the people being back in Israel... Nehemiah has some family come to visit him. And in the first chapter of Nehemiah, Nehemiah is asked this question. Or sorry, Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 1 says this. During the month of Chislev, in the 20th year, when I was in the fortress city of Susa, in other words, the capital city of the Persian Empire, Hanani, one of my brothers, arrived with men from Judah, and I questioned them about Jerusalem and the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile. They said to me, the remnant in the province who survived the exile are in great trouble. Would you say trouble? They're in great trouble and disgrace. They're in great trouble and disgrace. Jerusalem's wall has been broken down and its gates have been burned. And then verse 4 says this, When I heard these words, I sat down and wept. When I heard these words, I sat down and wept. I mourned for a number of days, fasting and praying before the God of the heavens. 
So Nehemiah hears this word. He hears, he hears what's going on in his hometown, that the gates of the city and the, and, the, and the walls of the city that were once the fortress, that were once the protection, that were once the pride of the city have not been rebuilt. The people have been back for 100 years. The walls were destroyed 100, you know, 170 years ago. The, the place was torn down 170 years ago. But this city, the city of Jerusalem, will not be safe, will not be secure, will not be what it's supposed to be until the walls get rebuilt or in, and until the gates get re-established. And it breaks Nehemiah's heart. He's thinking, wait, wait, wait. These people have gone home, but for the entirety of their time at home, they haven't done the thing that it takes in order for them to get secure, the thing that, it does, that, that, that they need to do in order to be safe, that they need to be, be protected. They are vulnerable right now. My homeland, my people, my relatives are vulnerable. They're weak. And they haven't been able to do the thing that they need to do in order to become strong. And this breaks Nehemiah's heart. And so at the beginning of this year, again, if you're trying to figure out what your one thing is, let me ask you one question. What breaks your heart? What is it that when you see in this world, you just go, that's wrong? What is it that when you look at your life, you go, you know what? That is not what it should be. What is it that breaks your heart because it's breaking someone that you care about? What is it that, that breaks your heart because it's broken you? What is it that breaks your heart because it's broken your family a little bit? If you're trying to figure out what your one thing is, start with this question. What is it that breaks my heart? What is it that breaks your heart? What is it that when you look at it, you just go, you know what, that's not right because it's breaking and it's hurting someone that I love and someone that I care about. And maybe, just maybe, it's even breaking you. What breaks your heart? And so what happens over the, over the course of, of, of this story is Nehemiah goes to the king of Persia and, he, and he's... He, he's, he's what we're not told in this part is that he's, he actually is working as the cupbearer to the king. So he has influence. He has relationship with the king. The king has entrusted his life in Nehemiah's hands. And Nehemiah goes, you know what? I need to ask for a favor. So he goes to the king and he says, king, oh, king, you know, I, I've, I've, been, I've been fasting about this. I've been weeping about this. I've been praying about this. You've probably noticed that I haven't looked like myself or been myself. Here's what's going on back in my homeland. And he, and he asked the king of Persia, would you allow me with your, with, with your permission, with your, you know, with your blessing to go back and to rebuild the walls of my home city? Would you, go back, would you allow me to go back? Would you give me letters of permission so that if anyone questions what I'm doing, they, they know that I have your permission? Would you give me permission and blessing to go back and rebuild the walls and the gates of Jerusalem? And the king gives his blessing. He gives resources. He gives money. He gives letters so that Nehemiah is all set up. And when, he get, and when Nehemiah gets back to Jerusalem, what he does, it's brilliant. He goes back and for, and for I think it's three or four or five days, he just walks around the city praying. And people are like, there's this guy that came all the way from the Persian Empire and he's wearing official clothing and he has talked to no one. He's said nothing to anyone. All he's done is walk around praying for our city. It's weird. And so after five days, he, he actually he begins to start to say, hey, tonight I want you to meet me in the town square. And he says, what we're going to do, guys, have you not been ashamed of the fact that the walls are still broken down? Have you not been ashamed of the fact that the gates are broken down? You know you're weak. You know you're vulnerable. Why have you not rebuilt the walls of the city? Let's do something about it. Let's rebuild the walls. Let's rebuild the gates. Let's do what we should have done 100 years ago. And the people are like, yes, let's do it. And they begin to work. And in a short time, they actually begin to make significant progress on rebuilding the walls and reestablishing the gates. And then they get opposition. Because when you do something that God wants you to do, did you know that sometimes opposition comes? 
When you're trying to influence someone at your work for Jesus and, and you're actually starting to make some progress, have you noticed that either you or they get sick? Have you noticed like, that when you start to make headway for God, there's something that comes against you and something came against Nehemiah like comes against all of us. That something came against him and it was these influential people who liked Jerusalem being weak, who liked Jerusalem being vulnerable. They were essentially mob bosses from around Jerusalem who took advantage of the fact that Jerusalem could not protect itself. And so there's these men who are not happy that the walls are being built, are not happy that the gates are being reestablished, aren't happy about the idea that Jerusalem could once again protect itself. And so they begin to try to mess with the people. They actually send armed people to try to mess and, and distract people from the work. And it doesn't work. And Nehemiah does something so, so amazing. He says, okay, what I want you guys to do, you're going to work with one hand. You're going to hold a sword in your other hand. So if someone comes at you, you just cut their throats and you keep putting the mortar on. I mean, it's, it's literally what he says. Like you just, you just, you know, deal with what you need to deal with, put the bricks on. Deal with what you need to do with Put the bricks on. Keep working. You know, do what you need to do. Put the bricks on. Do what you need to do. Put the gates up. And so, they, so they, they keep working. They keep working in the face of the obstacles that come their way. They continue working. And then finally, these influential people, the people who control the area, they, send, they finally recognize Nehemiah as a person of authority and influence and power. And they go, hey, Nehemiah, okay, we get it. Like, you get stuff done. Like, that's awesome. Why don't you come and have a meeting with us? And here's what we're told in Nehemiah chapter 6. Here's where, here's where it happens. And here's where we learn the key phrase that, 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 that helps us accomplish the one thing. Nehemiah chapter 6 verse 1 says this, When Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem the Arabite, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall and that no gap was left in it. Again, this is the walls are built. There's no gates left up yet. There was no gap left in it, though at that time I had not installed the doors in the city gates. Sanballat and Geshem sent me a message. Come. Let's meet together in the villages of the Ono Valley. And by the way, if you get invited to the Ono Valley, if you get invited to Oh No, don't go. That's a good lesson, okay? And again, it's true, it's true because it rhymes. If you get invited to Oh No, don't go. He says, they were planning, they were planning to harm me. They're planning to harm me. Verse 3 says, So I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Can we read that part in bold together on the count of three? Ready? One, two, three. I am doing a great work and cannot come down. I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? I mean, you're important and all. You're a big deal and all. You've got some men. You've got some power. You've got some wealth and everything. I get that. But why should the work that I'm doing stop so that I can just come down to you? I am doing a great work. I am doing something that matters. I am doing that something that will stand the test of time. This is my one thing. I am doing one great work. And so I can't come down for you, you guys. I can't come down to Ono. I can't come down for you, Geshem. I can't come down for you, Sanballat. I mean, that's a weird name anyway. Why don't you, why don't your mom name you Rick? I mean, like, like, all, you know, like, I can't come down for you with your weird name. I can't come down. Like, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. It says in verse 4, four times, four times they sent me the same proposal and I gave them the same reply. You want to know what's going to make a difference between you accomplishing what you're supposed to do this year, you doing the one thing you're supposed to do and not doing it? It's that simple line. I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. You put it up again. I am doing a great work 
and I cannot come down. I am doing a great work, and I cannot come down. Would you guys say it with me one more time? I am doing a great work, and I cannot come down. Now, that was good, but you didn't quite have the attitude that you're going to need in order to actually stick with this phrase. So we're going to say it one more time with the, with the attitude of a 15-year-old girl who has been told they can't have the car this weekend, okay? On the count of 30, one, two, three. I am doing a great work, and I cannot come down. I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. In other words, this, the, the reason this is such a big deal, the reason this phrase is so powerful is this phrase is a focusing phrase. This is a thing that keeps your eyes on the things that your eyes need to be on, keeps your life and your, and, and your energy focused on the things that your life and your energy and your abilities and your resources need to be focused on. And the reason focus is so powerful, I mean, if you've never thought of this, when you think of, fo- when you think of the power of focus, think about a light. I mean, light, light moves in kind, of, in kind of different ways, but you can have a lamp and it will sort of kind of a little bit light up a room and that's nice and it provides a nice glow and a nice warmth and like, oh, we can have the lights off, but it still feels cozy. Like, oh, it's great. And you take that same light and you focus it and it becomes a laser. And focused light that becomes a laser can cut a diamond. And the reason this phrase is so important is it focuses your life, that your life moving in a whole bunch of different directions, spread out a whole, in a whole bunch of different directions, probably won't accomplish much that actually matters this year. It'll, it'll do a lot of things. You'll move in a lot of different directions. You'll, you'll see a lot of people. You'll connect with a whole bunch of people, but you won't have accomplished the one thing that you need to actually make your life different this year to experience the fresh that God has for you this year. So the phrase, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. That's the phrase that's gonna make or break your ability to do the one thing that you need to do this year. And so, you know what? Hey, distractions came my way. That's all right. I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. You know, I wanna meet the one. I wanna wanna find the person that I'm gonna spend my life with and that person's great and you're cute and you're awesome and you were sort of handsome and you were sort of cute and you were, but, but, but you weren't, you know, you weren't that. So you know what? I'm doing great work so I can't come down for you or for you or for you or for you or for you. I got to read, I got a debt I need to repay, but you know what? And, and this thing's going to be tempting and I'd like to buy the new couch and I'd like to get the new washer. I'd love to get the new TV. It's smaller and thinner. But you know what? I am doing a great work trying to repay this debt and so I can't come down for the new couch or the new washer or the new dryer or the new TV or the trip to Hawaii. I just can't, like, so like I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. This is the power that comes from a focused life. And so here's the thing. So today, if, if we were a different type of church, I would probably say, so what's your one thing? So today, let's all leave thinking and trying to figure out what's your one thing. And that's what we would do if we were a different type of church. But I want to get you started on thinking about what your one thing might be. So I want to revisit those six things I talked about earlier. For some of you, there's a habit you need to break. For some of you, there's a habit that you need to break. For some of you, let's just be honest, you drink too much. You drink too much. You want to know if you, how you know if you drink too much? If anyone has ever had a conversation with you where they said, hey, I, I think you drink too much. If anyone's ever had, and you know, let, me, let me tell you why you, you should know if, if someone's had that conversation. They didn't want to have that conversation. No one wants to have that conversation. No one wants to, to pull a friend aside and be like, hey, so, dude, I got to talk to you about something. Um, like the way you get when you drink, like you drink, like, like, dude, it's just, it's, it's not good. And so if, you, if someone has ever had that conversation with you, maybe the habit that you need to break is that you drink too much. And we're not the church that says, hey, you know, never drink. I mean, like, like, I, like, whatever. But some of you, there's a relationship that you have with alcohol that's inappropriate. And when you drink the way you drink, you become someone that you're not supposed to be. 
And if that's true of your life, this is the habit that you need to break. For some of you, it's smoking. Again, this isn't a biblical thing, but maybe your husband or wife or kids have asked you repeatedly to stop or to quit, and it's actually starting to cause some distance between you and the people that you care about. And if it's causing distance between you and the people that you care about, maybe this is the year where you're just going, you know what, my one thing, it's going to be difficult, it's going to be scary. I know some of you in here, you have quit smoking, and you know the pain, and you know the difficulty, and you know what the withdrawals are like. You know what it's like to, to actually, you know, to, to chew gum and all that. Kind of, I mean, you, you know what it's like. But for some of you, this is the habit that you need to stop. I remember hearing growing up, my grandpa, who passed away in November, my grandpa had smoked for 40 years of his life. And, and, and decided one day, he just, like his grandma, or my, my, my grandma, my, my grandma, his wife, had, had for years been begging him to quit. And my, gra- and my grandpa said, you know what, all right, I'm, I'm retired now, I'm going to spend all of my time with her. If she's bothered by this that much, I will quit. And my grandpa, this is, this is the most ridiculous quitting story I've ever heard in my life. My grandpa carried a pack of cigarettes around with him every day for the next 10 years, just in case he wanted to start smoking again. And he never smoked again. For some of you, I mean, he, for him, it was the one thing. He never chewed gum. He never smoked another cigarette. I remember him talking about the withdrawals that he experienced for three months and for four months and for five months. But he said it was worth it because I was able to keep close to grandma. For some of you, it's a habit that you need to break. For some of you, there's entertainment that needs to change. Where what you put into you, let me just tell you, what you put into you affects what, how you think and it impacts what you do. And for some of you, what you have put into you for too long has been damaging your brain, has been damaging your relationships, has been damaging the way you interact with people. For some of you as guys, who when you think about, like, it's just the craziest thing. Like when I'm talking to a girl, like I start to think like these stupid thoughts and I start to say these dumb things. And where does that come from? Maybe it comes from the things that you watch or maybe it comes from the things that you entertain yourself with online. And if that's true, you need to stop. You need to cut it off. For some of you ladies, you watch some stuff and you entertain yourself with some stuff that maybe you read or you watch and you think, man, when I am disrespectful towards my husband, I don't want to be disrespectful towards my husband, but I come off so disrespectful sometimes. Where is that? Maybe it's because you've been entertaining yourself with something that is disrespectful towards men. And if, and if that's the case, maybe just maybe that's a habit that you need to break. Maybe it's how you approach your dating relationships, that, 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 that the way your dating relationships have become a habitual thing where just one date and then we go back to their place and something happens and then I never hear from them again and then the next thing and it happens again and again and again and again and you judge the way that a date is by, how, by what happens at the end of it. And let me just tell you, if you judge the, the quality of a date by what happens at the end of it, it's time for you to take a break from dating. And your one thing is going to be to renew your mind and to renew your thoughts about the opposite sex. For some of you, there's a habit that you need to break. For others of you, it's a goal that you need to accomplish. Maybe for some of you, you need to finish school or you need to go back to school. That for some of you, you're college students and you're in the middle of year two or year three. And when you're thinking about another two years or another three years or another four years, or maybe you're in the engineering program and you've still got like 12 years left. And you're like, when you think about it, you look at it and you're like, I, I, don't, know if I, can, I don't know if I can get there. The thing that you started out to do is still the thing that you should probably do. And, what, and the thing that you're going to finish, the goal that you're going to accomplish this year is that you're going to get one step closer. Or maybe that you're actually going to finish up or you're going to take the classes that you need to take. For some of you, you're going to go back to school. Um, you, 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 know, you finished up, you, you almost finished up, you were three classes short and then something happened. Maybe someone that you love passed away and you needed to head home and so you weren't able to finish up. And maybe for some of you, the goal that you're going to accomplish this year is to actually go back and finish what you began. If you're at home 
as an adult, still living with your parents, this is the year maybe that you grow into adulthood and you take responsibility for your life and this year you move out. Now, if we were a church that was a little bit older, I would imagine that would have gotten some amens from some people who've got some kids living home. For some of you, you're like, is he talking about me? And if you're wondering if I'm talking about you, the answer is yes, okay? For some of us, we just need to grow into adulthood and the goal that we'll accomplish by the end of the year is to have a place of our own or to have a place with a couple people and it's not mom and dad, okay? For some of you, the goal that you need to accomplish is to keep a job for one year. For some of you, you've kept a job for six months and it seems like every six months you're transitioning and transitioning and starting over somewhere new. And for some of you, the, the biggest goal that you'll accomplish this year is you'll keep a job for one year. For some of you, you've started the process of, of, of quitting smoking or, 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 or quitting drinking or quitting you know, prescription drugs or whatever. And for for some of you, the goal that you want to accomplish this year is that you want to be sober for one year. That's a big goal. And you have to fight for it every day. Every day, something will grab at you and say, hey, come over here, come over here. Hey, remember how this good, remember how good that tasted? Remember how awesome this was? Remember the feeling of going out with your friends? And you'll say, you know what? I am doing a great year. I am doing a great work. My sobriety is a great work and I cannot come down. My moving out of my parents' house is a great work and I cannot come down. Me keeping a job for one calendar year is a great work, and I cannot come down. For some of you, there's a project that you need to complete. Maybe for some of you, you're, there's the remodel that you've been working on for four years, and it's still not finished, and it's causing conflict on your marriage because it's a constant reminder of unfinished business. And it's the thing that, like, hey, this causes conflict, causes conflict, and they, and they nag, and they nag, and, they, and, and it just fight, 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 fight. In fact, we fight more than we work on the project because, you know, I just don't want to do it. And here's the thing, it's time to finish the project because you want to move on to something better in your life and in your marriage and in your family. For some of you, maybe the, it's the remodel that you've been working on for four years and it's not finished because you won't let it be because somewhere in the middle of it, you found out that Pinterest existed and you found out that there, that were, there were other projects that you could start and another project. And did you know before I finished this one, I found out about another project and now I'm going to build a table and I'm going to build three tables for the end tables that match the other table. And now I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And there's project after project after project that are just unfinished and the remodel has never gotten finished because you have gotten distracted. And this is the year where you go, you know what, this is the project. I'm doing a great work and I can't come down. Until that room is painted, maybe it's something as simple as a room being painted. Until that room is painted, I cannot come down. Me painting that room, it's a great work. And I got to get on a ladder and I cannot come down. Maybe it's, maybe it's getting on your knees and finishing up some tile work. I don't know what it is, but there's a project that you need. For some of you, you maybe have been working on your master's thesis and you've been working on it for years and years and again. If you're just waiting for it to be perfect, you know what's better than perfect? Done. And you know what won't cause conflict in your marriage? Done. Now, if it's done poorly, it might cause a different conflict. But you finish the thing that you started. You finish the project. You, you complete the project. For some of you, there's a relationship that needs to be mended. For some of you, it's, that won't happen without forgiveness being part of your life. And they did something wrong and they did something wrong, but they've apologized and apologized and apologized and apologized and apologized and apologized. And at this point, it is no longer a them issue of why the relationship isn't what, it's, what it should be. It's an issue of are you willing to forgive? For some of you, you're gonna have to confess something that you have to take responsibility for what you did that caused damage to the relationship. You're gonna have to actually own something that you did in order for the relationship to get right. For some of you, it's your relationship with your kids and things have gotten strained and the older they get, the harder it gets. And it's time to renew your commitment to, to getting to know and to love and to care for 
your kids. For some of you, it's your marriage, and what you're experiencing is not what you signed up for. In fact, it's, it's just it's rough. And if it's going to work, you may need to see a counselor. And you think, you know what? We can't go see a counselor. We've got a reputation to uphold. Can I tell you what else is bad for your reputation? Letting your marriage fall apart. You will, you, you will, you will lay your reputation down one way or the other. Which one do you want to do? Do you want to lay it down because you sought the help that you needed or because you didn't and it ended? It's time to take the step that you need to take to mend the relationship. For some of you, there's a relationship that needs to be ended. For some of you, you're in a dating relationship and they're great. They're just not great for you. They're wonderful. They're amazing. They're smart. They're talented. They're probably going to be successful. They're probably going to make a whole lot of money. But things just aren't right. And the way they talk to you doesn't really sit right with you. It doesn't sit right with your parents. It doesn't sit right with anyone around you. And your friends keep saying, like, hey, hey, hey. And you're like, no, 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 but have you seen them? Can you imagine what kind of house we'll have? And I'm just telling you, if they're great, but they're not great for you, things will never be great for you. And as great as they might be, it's time to unwind from that relationship. For some of you, you have some, some, a group of friends that you're in, your tw- late, you know, you're in your late 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s. And every time you get around that group, of, that group of people, you become a bunch of middle school boys and middle school girls again. And you start doing stuff that's really dumb and really stupid and really incoherent and sometimes really intoxicated. And you, and you keep like, and you're like, man, it just seems like, you know, once a month I wake up feeling horrible about myself and feeling like the choices we made are really bad. The choices you made were really bad. But the worst choice that you made was continuing to engage in those friendships that tear you down. And for some of you, the relationship cannot be what it has been if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna grow as a person this year. For some of you, you have a relationship where there's a work for it and it's just become a little too comfortable. And you're like, things would get really uncomfortable if I cut off that work for it. Yep. But you might save your marriage. Just telling you, there's some relationships that you need to end. For some of you, the relationship that you have with them needs to end, but your, rela- your relationship doesn't need to end. You have a type of relationship that's kind of codependent or that's a little bit one-sided and it's just not working anymore. And you don't need to cut off the person, but you need to stop the type of relationship that you have. And for some of you, you have a debt that needs to be repaid. Maybe some of you, you've been living outside of your means for so long, you don't remember what it's like to not have debt. I'm just telling you, it's good. <laughs> And so if you, have, if you have debt and you're thinking, what would it be like? What would it feel like to not have debt? It feels amazing. It feels wonderful. And so for, if, if, you have some, if you have debt that you've been holding on to from college or from credit cards or from whatever, sell whatever you need to sell. Work whatever you need to work. If you need to sell, you know, if you have a garage that's full of stuff that you couldn't afford, sell the stuff and sell your garage so that you don't see an empty garage and go, I need to fill up that garage again. Sell whatever you sell. It's a great work, and I cannot come down. For some of you, you've got college debt hanging around for 10 years because someone told you a long time ago, it's the cheapest money, it's the cheapest loan you'll ever get. It's not. It has a cost. And it's time to start to pay down that debt. For some of you, you have some money that you borrowed from a family member a long time ago, and they said, you know what, don't worry, we won't, there's no schedule, just pay us back when you can. And you could have a long time ago, and you just kind of hope they forgot. And it's time to pay that, bet, pay that back because every time you get around Thanksgiving, every time you get together around Christmas, every time you get together around the holidays, there's just this thing hanging. And they might never say anything, but you know. And as long as there's that thing, things are not going to be right. Now here's, now, here's the thing. We got about two minutes. I'm going to wrap up. The story of Nehemiah, you want to know how the story of Nehemiah ends? It ends with the walls rebuilt and it ends with the gates reestablished and it ends with Jerusalem once again secure, and again with Jerusalem once again protected. 
Nehemiah said, I am doing a great work and I can't come down for you or for you or for this or for that. I am doing something that's of significance. So I can't come down for just any old thing. I'm, I am focusing my life on this one thing. Here's the thing. Maybe in 2020, your story could be similar. Maybe you're not rebuilding walls, but maybe you're rebuilding relationships. Maybe you're repaying some debts. Maybe you're establishing some, reestablishing some relationships because you're paying back some debts. Maybe you're some projects that are going to be completed that you've put off for years and years and years. And the one thing that you do this year is going to be because you say to everything else, no, 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 no for now, no for now, no for now, yes, to the one thing that you need to do. Will you do that? If, will you think about what's the one thing that I need to do that if, if, I, if I don't accomplish this this year, nothing else matters. And if I accomplish a whole bunch of other stuff, that doesn't really matter. But this one thing, what's your one thing? And are we, would you be willing to say to everything else, I'm doing a great work so I cannot come down. Let me pray for you.